Brew, cut that out. <laughs> I'll just mark a time. No, my. <laughs> oh, no. That's success in America for you, being a weird. He's a rich, middle aged white guy. Yeah. He's probably a crook. Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly variety podcast. Uh, you're here with uh, myself, Kevin, and co host Sam. I'll try not to cough. Sam's got a case of uh, the Kung Flu. <laughs> it ain't real. <laughs> Just kidding. I got a me. real sickness. I got bronchitis. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Sam got it from a deer that was being tested in the uh, Mayo Clinic Um respiratory virus center <laughs> yeah yeah actually we're lucky it wasn't like chronic wasting disease that finally did its first uh deer to human crossover <laughs> is that the thing where the deer have all like the warts on their face dude i honestly don't know what it is i just hear about it every year because they try and keep track of it yeah i know they uh one of our friend of the pod Jansen his uh, I think his uncle or grandpa had like a deer farm and some of the deer got out so they had to kill them all and test their brains for it it's I think it's so it turns them into like zombies so I just looked it up real quick sometimes called zombie deer disease it's so creepy a transmissible spongiform I think it's does that mean it's a like a fungus? Yeah. Is that the thing where their face, like the growths all over their head? I. Are there pictures? I'm on Wikipedia. I only see one, one picture. Oh. Um. <clears throat> symptoms, behavioral changes, weight loss, decreased interactions with other animals, tremors, repetitive walking and set patterns, <laughs> increased drinking and urination, excessive salivation, Grinding of teeth, loss of fear of humans, and confusion. Damn. Poor deer. Yeah. That'd be kind of sick to get, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, just end it all. Whatever. <laughs> it would be kind of nice to get, if you are going to get a terminal illness, to get one that, like, you just kind of don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to be, like, the first human to get infected with, like, a crossover virus. Like mm-hmm. you're the you're the most unlucky son of a bitch ever. <laughs> Patient zero. Yeah. Just like <sighs> what an honor. I, I feel like those uh, a patient zero can't be like the, the fact that they're patient zero can't be the only like extraordinary thing about them. Like they must be kind of a weird guy. Like, oh, <laughs> he was spending a lot of time around sick deer. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to help the deer. <laughs> he was or, a hunter. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know. Spending a lot of time around wild animals is kind of sus, in my opinion. Leave him alone. Yeah, well, what do you think about, like, Jane Goodall? Sus? <laughs> what if she... What if she was patient zero for monkeypox or something? Could be. What but, if she's... She's still alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Who fucking cares?
Steve Irwin. Um, Look what happened to him. Yeah, he fucked around and found out. Yeah, all all Australians are sus to begin with. They're too chipper. Have you ever have you ever seen a grumpy Australian? I have seen one. No, they don't exist because <laughs> they're sus. No, I could see Steve Irwin getting angry at uh, like someone th- littering or something. Or yeah, talking I, shit he, about alligators. he can only get mad at people. Yeah, you know, he, he can't get mad at animals. You think his dying words were like "Don't kill him" about the manta ray or stingray, whatever got him? <laughs> no, it was something Australian. Like, no, mate. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> He's just going down slow motion. Oh no! <laughs> Poor guy. Do they say them's the brakes there too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boris Johnson is actually quoting Steve Irwin's <laughs> final words: "Them's the brakes." Well, them's the brakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, have you been uh, up to anything new lately? We haven't uh, we haven't recorded together in quite some time. No, I got nothing new going on, man. Same shit, different day. I'm just dealing with illnesses. I got bad back pain. I'm getting old. Mm. Feel like I'm getting old. I'm but a- you've got a lot going on. Yeah, we just had a child uh, three weeks ago now. Um, I'm on. I'm officially on parental leave this week. I get three months, which is sick because I live in Washington. Nice. Um, Dude, it's been such a good week. Like, I don't know. I haven't, like, sleeping hasn't been that bad because I'm fortunate and I don't have to feed him every two hours. Um, So, like, sleeping's been okay. But it's like I have time to, like, chill and, like, cook and clean stuff, you know, get a good workout in. Never do that when I'm working. Like a house dad. I know, dude. That's the dream. Stay-at-home dad. Yeah. I just want... I wish I could uh, get all those government bennies like the billionaires and just do nothing all day. Well, you just got to come up with the next idea. So hurry up and think of something. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Fuck that. You need to be working during your, your leave. You can't even take leave. Why aren't you working right now? Yeah, I should be doing DoorDash or something. Yeah. ABC, bro. ABC. <laughs> Giga. I'll just Giga be, ABC. I'll just start writing code for Elon Musk's Twitter for free, because I'm such a fan. Yeah. Try, trying to save I you mean, money. That just gives you your own reward anyways. Like, you feel really big brain and intellectual because you're a simp for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I should ask him <laughs> if I can get a free blue check if I go around simping for him on every anti-Elon post. He would give you your own check, Mark. Color. Dude, hell yeah. I want, like, a green one or something. Yeah. Really Neon confused green. people. They won't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, other than that, really nothing. My parents are coming next week. I did get some new fur- my furniture delivered finally today. I had to how get- long was it? How long was that? Or how long were you waiting for that? Two and a half months, about. And so they called me last week, told me it was ready, and I had to schedule it a week out for delivery. They said they were coming between eight thirty and eleven thirty, and I accidentally like slept until like eight twenty. 
and they the delivery guys were calling me at eight o'clock like hey we're outside and so they threatened to like not even come deliver it and i'm like you guys were supposed to be here at 8 30 between 8 30 and 11 30 that's that's the window i got and so i kind of got sassy with them and uh they ended up coming, and so I gave each of them 20 bucks just to say thanks for, like, not making me wait even fucking longer, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it took them, like, 15 minutes to get the shit in here, too. I only had two pieces of furniture. But Honestly, furniture delivery people, like, you're on their schedule no matter what. The mm-hmm. same thing happened to us um, when we got uh, our couch upstairs. Like, they were, they were like, we're coming right now. Be there. And they were, like, two hours early or something. Yeah. It's like I would understand it, but like, why do they give me a window if they're not gonna if they're gonna be early? You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just it's, cl- it's the opposite of like your your AC and furnace guy because they always are either late or they just forget to show up that day. <laughs> yeah. Furniture people there are early. Yeah, I think because furniture people get paid by the day; they don't get paid by the hour. It's really stupid. I think that is stupid. Like I. I don't understand how shit like that's legal. Like, are they independent contractors essentially? Yeah, I think so. Because <sighs> <laughs> that's why they got like kind of snippy with me is because I was wasting their time essentially, which that's why I gave them 20 bucks because I understood where they were coming from. But at the same time, it's like, dude, <laughs> you're earlier than I was told. Like, come on, dude. And then, and then they told me they waited outside my apartment for 20 minutes but they called me at like 8.05 and I called them back at 8.20 and so they said they were already gone. It's like, how are you there for 20 minutes if 20 minutes hasn't even passed? Yeah, they're lying. Yeah, they were trying to fool me, but I laid down the law. It was hard for me. No, nice. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I gave them 20 bucks a piece. Like, I got them lunch, so they should, they, I think that's fair. Is that still considered lunch in Biden's America? 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get by. I, I think it, if, you, if you went to like a, a fast food, obviously, you could get it. You could get it done. But they could go to like a, you'll get like a gyro sandwich or something or a, or a teriyaki platter. You could, get a, beers. you could get a pretty decent lunch for 20 bucks around here. Chipotle. Definitely lunch collar, greasy spoon, but it's dude. Still you good. could get like two things at Taco Bell, like two full moon meals. Taco dude, Bell, twenty yeah. bucks. I've been, I went to Taco Bell actually a few week or a week ago. I don't know why I was just craving Taco Bell, and I got that deluxe. I don't. know. I spent like thirty dollars at Taco Bell. Jesus. Yeah, but that doesn't get you as much as you'd think out here. Um, Do you eat it all at one time? Well, it was for me and my wife. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I got like the ch- the deluxe box or whatever that they sell now for ten bucks, with with that chicken grilled chicken verde burrito, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I got two extra burritos, and then uh, my wife got a mess of things. But yeah, it was thirty bucks. I was kind of like, Ugh. um, I mean, since I'm like fat and everything, I usually get like a meal and then plus a burrito on top of it. Yeah, and. That's right. uh, Sometimes, like, I usually get, like, uh, the beefy five layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's solid. It's a solid extra to your meal if you're looking to get really full. But sometimes I'll do, like, 
try the new like they'll have like new ones or ones i haven't tried before and it's always kind of a gamble for me even though like the price should tell you but like sometimes i'll get one and they're like fucking huge they were doing that for that one time it was like three or four months ago or whatever they brought back like some doritos burrito or something like that it had like doritos chips in them oh yeah and i got that as my side i was like it can't be too much bigger than the five layer and it was fucking huge wow yeah, I my the cl- classic uh twenty twenty tens Kevin would get a cheesy gordita crunch box plus two shredded chicken burritos, but they got rid of those shredded chicken burritos, which sucks. Yeah, but that would usually be like ten bucks. It was nice. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do this thing. So when I was gaming on Counter Strike Hardcore with the boys in the early days of Discord. Um, we used to do this thing called 20 K Sunday or 10 K Sunday where we would eat 10 or 20,000 calories in a day. Um, and so one time I was like, okay, I'm going to go Taco Bell to get some food. And so then I, I, but on the way there, I stopped at McDonald's to get like a drive snack. (laughs) So I got like some McChickens and like some double cheeseburgers or something to, to eat while I was driving to Taco Bell and back and then enjoyed the Taco Bell at home. Dude. Yeah. I only did that once. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I think you could actually eat a lot of McDonald's and, and reach your, not eat a lot of McDonald's and get your 10,000 calorie goal. But I also think you could also eat a lot of McDonald's without getting full because the burgers oh, yeah. are getting smaller. Yeah. Well, I actually watched a documentary a while ago by a guy who was trying to refute the supersize me dude. And um, so he did the same thing where he ate McDonald's every day and he actually lost weight. And he like basically, so the supersize me guy embellished quite a bit is essentially what he was saying. Cause he, he did the math on, on like the calories for even like supersizing every meal. And you couldn't, it, it took, you could not get to the calorie intake that, that Morgan, whatever guy got to. Yeah, I don't think he was uh, he was counting his beers every night on top of it. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, so, and then the guy, Adam would love that documentary because, like, and then the guy, like, at the end, he uh, he starts doing a diet where he just basically eats vegetables and butter all all the time, and uh, and he like got healthier or something weird. I, I don't even remember what it was called, but I, I saw it on Netflix back in like 2013 or something. If you have, if you have a Twitter and you have like a quirky alternative diet that no one really heard of, go ahead and at let's explore this or <laughs> explore underscore pod to let Adam know. He'll try it. <laughs> See, Adam starts his day by putting half a stick of butter in a glass and pouring hot water on it. And he drinks that. <laughs> he might no better way. He might mix in like a, a tablespoon or two of apple cider vinegar, but that's how he does it. <laughs> you got to grease the, grease the gears before you start moving in the morning. Exactly. No, I, I have actually heard of uh butter and coffee. I think. I think that's like a Vietnamese thing. It's either an egg in your coffee or butter in your coffee. Can't remember. But <laughs> the only thing I can think of with butter is that it's stupid. I'll tell a story real quick. Is um, 
I was going back and forth between Wisconsin and Minnesota. I was listening to WPR and NPR, NPR, deciding which one is more, which one is better. Because that day on WPR, they had a segment talking about, um, talking about like emojis is like the future of language or something. And then the Minnesota one was talking about a story. <laughs> A story about some county in Finland that was dying early of heart attacks because they ate butter with every meal. <laughs> and I was like, okay, who's got better quality content here? And it was NPR over WPR. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah i i used to I used to listen to WPR on my way back from Chicago, and the only one, the only story I could really recall is. Uh, they they did a story on the worst fans at um whatever their field is called um Lambo yeah Lambo and it was Vikings fans Vikings fans got kicked out the most out of any other fan and it's like I mean that's an easy one it's so close I mean I guess I would expect Bears more so than Vikings because like I don't know Chicago is probably equidistant from Green Bay I uh, think the rivalry between the Bears and Packers is bigger than the yeah Packers and vikings that too that too so i was kind of like thinking yeah it's gonna be bears but no it was vikes which i guess i also understand that one they they go there drink a ton of mcgolden get wild we were at the we were at the bar last weekend for the viking packers game and everyone's you know drinking a little bit they off the next day so why not and uh there's one packer fan this is a small town bar and he was like hooting and hollering because we, the Vikings fucking sucked. Yeah. And I wanted to hit him. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty brave. Uh, small town bar because they were trash talking pretty hard. <laughs> I, we left before the end of the game, but I'm sure like there were some drunk people by the time that was over. Yeah. Yeah. And pe- people get passionate about that shit. Like, I saw a video of that uh, Raiders Patriots game where the Raiders like won or whatever, and it was of this these fans, and it was this this uh, probably middle aged woman wearing a Raiders jersey went up to this guy wearing a Pats jersey and was just screaming at him, like just mm-hmm. telling him the pa- Patriots suck or whatever. It's like chill the fuck out, dude. Some people get super into it. Yeah, they do. I mean, I used to take people to um, the uh, the Steelers games in Pittsburgh, and I went to the Bills Steelers game that season where they had gotten into the playoffs for the first time in like sixteen years or whatever. And um, uh, there were definitely more Bills fans there than Steelers fans, and I'm, everything was cool until we got out into the parking lot. Um, then people started like getting into fights and shit because the Steelers mm-hmm. lost. Um, yeah. And that's the only, I guess that's the only football related. Well, they, they tell, they tell people that if you go to like Philadelphia for an Eagles game, if you go there as a fan for the like opposing team, you need to be careful because they get pretty fucking rowdy there. Oh it's yeah. It's pretty notorious. Yeah. I remember the last, when they were in the Super Bowl. The, the city actually went and greased all the light posts so that people couldn't climb after the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually I gave away my Brett Favre jersey just yesterday. I made a donation to Goodwill 
and I threw my Brett Favre jersey in there. Oh yeah, you, you need start. It's time to get rid of that Brett Favre stuff. Yeah, I I was I did want to like kind of make a show of it and uh, like a little satire on the uh, like Kaepernick conservative people and burn it, but I figured I, I would I would not I would act appropriately. And oh, uh, dude, you should have done it. I thought that, that, that would have been kind of funny because I also think I I think it's weird that Brett Favre isn't getting like raked over the coals hard. Like the dude fucking stealing government money for poor people. Like, how is that not getting as much, if not more, play than somebody kneeling for the national anthem? Yeah, dude, he's at a protected status in in the like American protected status because he's like he's he's like an endearing sports figure. Yeah, and that that's like a whole nother cast in American society. Well, yeah, didn't he get in trouble for, like, sending dick pics and shit? Yeah. Like, he's just a he, weird sex pervert crook. He, yeah, he is. I don't know. That's success in America for you, being a weird he's sex He's a rich, crook. middle-aged white guy. Yeah. He's probably a crook. That is kind of weird how, like, I mean, when we just beyond Brett Favre, you think of Elon Musk. He's a weird sex pervert crook. Bill Gates. He's a weird sex pervert crook. Um, and if nobody knows what I mean, uh, look at the flight logs. Um, and then Jeff Bezos, he's a weird sex pervert crook. I mean, we saw that before he got divorced, he had that weird sext where he called that woman like, I want to breathe you in a live girl or whatever. Jesus Christ. Kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe it's a requirement. I kind of think it is conspiracy brain conspiracy moment on let's explore this podcast <laughs> All, i wonder what we're gonna find i wonder what we're gonna find out about the zuck oh yeah i wonder yeah what's his deal he's doing he's something weird human. he's doing something weird over in hawaii i know it do you think he trolls like with all his pictures and stuff or are those all photoshop pictures um I think for the most part, people just Photoshop him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I kind of think he just like, he probably has some sort of like, he's on the spectrum, I would say. Yeah. And so he just doesn't know how to take a photo. Yeah. I think he, he's probably like, he like tries to make him seem like an average Joe or whatever. Like remember when he was trying to grill or whatever, <laughs> he probably doesn't even do that. He probably oh, yeah. hangs out on his computer all day or something. Oh well, yeah. Like and that's not cool to show. Exactly. I mean, I mean, and I think that's evidenced by his obsession with, or wanting to, uh, to go into the metaverse and create the metaverse, which I'm glad seems to be failing. And I hope it continues to fail. I do not want to be stuck in the metaverse, dude. Cause I know I'm going to be, I'm going to have to participate in it. I'm going to, if it, if it becomes a thing, each billionaire is trying to like, uh, reach their own sense of vanity. They're using their personal wealth. Like Elon Musk is trying to colonize Mars. And I don't know what he's trying to do anymore. He's trying to become God emperor. J- Jeff Bezos wants to go into space. And, uh, Mark Zuckerberg just wants to be the perfect human. <laughs> basically in the metaverse yeah they want to take they want to take humanity outside of government boundaries essentially so that they can act and 
um, abuse the working class without any protections. They want to become gods. Pretty much. I mean, it's in my opinion, I think that the metaverse actually does become like a place where we all work and stuff. We're not going to have get paid in like regular money. I, like we're probably going to get paid in company script. Essentially, we're going to get Facebook coins, Dogecoin. Yeah, they're going to gamify it. That's that's their whole big thing. Oh, let's gamify. You know, every the time life is just going to be loot boxes. Yeah, reward points and loot boxes. That's. Oh, hey, we're getting our Christmas bonus. It's Fortnite V Bucks. <laughs> is there like a so? Is there like a condition like where your brain has like too much like dopamine or something or being happy? No. Um <laughs> I think that's an overdose. <laughs> I I don't know. Probably I would say that's probably somewhere in like a like bipolar disorder or like a like a psychotic break or something where you just I get kinda, overloaded with joy. Yeah, I kind it would definitely be followed by like a very low low yeah i was gonna say i kind of wonder if we're on the verge of like frying our brains because like you said we are trying to like gamify everything we already kind of do like you have reward credit cards and Mm -hmm. you know uh gas station loyalty loyalty programs yeah gas station loyalty so we're already building points with how we spend that gives us a little bit of dopamine hit we have it all on our hands with social media yeah. You know, 24 access to like um, slots on your phone, <laughs> slots in the casino, yep. pornography, you know, yeah. like the world is just a big dopamine drip. It is. So I wonder if we're going to get to the point where like we have too much going on every day. We would just like fry our brains by the time we're 40. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I think we're definitely past that point. Um and basically, you just get prescribed medicine to fix it or that to get you sense. through it. Balance you out. That's probably why we have lower lows. Yeah. Can't get out for screens. I mean, we're looking at screen right now. Mm-hmm. But when I look at you on screen, it's a, it's the highest of highs. Yeah. And we're taking this risk for the people. So <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I did kind of want to poke fun at Kevin McCarthy. I think he just lost his 12th. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) And I don't know. People think this is like the demise of democracy or something. It's like, no, it's not. It's just a bunch of Republicans being dumb jackasses. (laughs) Doing it on purpose. It's all art. It's all performance. Yeah. Like, I want to know. What isn't happening because of these election, this these speaker elections? Like they're not going to do anything anyway. The whole, their entire objective is just to be disruptive for the next two years in hopes that they can gain more seats by Hunter saying, oh, Biden's laptop. Exactly. Yeah, they want to go. All they have planned for. I did notice it looked like Hakeem Jeffries lost a vote today, and I wanted and I didn't look into it too hard. But I wanted to see, like, did one of the Democrats vote for McCarthy? Because I swear was he it, was getting 212 every every round, and all of a sudden he had 211, and there was no, like, present vote or anything. There, every Like, all the votes were two people. 
Where was there like somebody not physically there? Doesn't yeah, maybe. I that, that that's I guess that's my question. It's like what what happened to that one vote? Yeah, it's probably what it was. Yeah. I don't think because that's one of the reasons like McCarthy still hasn't won is like not all the Republicans are there to vote. Mm. Or this last time, at least. I mean, yeah. it was pretty deliberate, this, but the last few times, like, it's just a, still a few holdouts, but not every Republican was there to vote. Yeah. Yeah. People are tired of seeing uh, Matt Gates nominate Donald Trump for speaker. <laughs> That's such they a, were proud of them. They were proud of themselves. That's like, yeah, dude, they were. Well, it's kind of funny that because Large Marge has been voting for Kevin McCarthy and she's encouraging people to do it. But yeah, right after he voted for Donald Trump for the first time, I think he did it twice that I can recall. Uh, he sat down and they're like smirking at each other, like on the libs, check. <laughs> that is a good. That's, I mean. That's a conservative fantasy, remember? It is. They're talking about getting him to be speaker, and then they can impeach Joe and Kamala, and then Trump will be president again. That's true. Very true. I know. Well, like, Donald Trump then posted... Donald Trump posted on Truth Social saying um, to actually vote for Kevin McCarthy. So I think Matt Gates probably said Trump because he knew Trump could not resist the vanity of it. And so now he now they don't have the top brass Republicans saying vote for McCarthy while all these, you know, Matt Gates types aren't. Now he votes for Trump and Trump's like, I dig it, of course. Vote for Kevin McCarthy unless you want to vote for me is I would be his thought process in my opinion. So now he loves it. Because he posted a meme with him behind uh Joe Biden at like the State of the Union, like sticking his tongue out and making a goofy face. <laughs> if he were the speaker dude as funny as like some of this is like it's so stupid oh yeah <laughs> like this is so stupid there for some reason there's this republican guy on my twitter feed who just went hog wild posting that trump meme i saw him i saw it like 10 times on twitter and it was all him posting that's like wow dude dude now I kind of want it to happen. I want Trump to be speaker because I could just picture, like, just picture him right behind Joe during the whole thing. No, <laughs> no, you're wrong. Yeah, wrong. Yeah. China. <laughs> He'll tear up the speech like Nancy Pelosi did. Yeah. Oh, oh man, God. it'd be perfect. Politics needs to be entertaining. That's the one yeah. thing Trump knows. Just the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I, I do. The last thing I'll add on that is uh, I did. I, I posted that screen, that uh, screenshot in our group chat about them. Uh, the, the people not voting for McCarthy. These are Republicans who made a deal where they would take military funding back to 2022 levels because then they had like $58 billion, something like that. It was a lot. Yeah, it was like, because I think it was like seven, I want to say it was like around $780 billion and, and now it's up to like $850 billion. Ballpark numbers. Um, <laughs> and, gone up to the nearest 10th billion when yeah. it comes to defense spending. And it's like, I, I always feel goofy when, 
those people do something that I want them to do, like that I want to happen. Because it's like, I think that's ultimately good. It's not like it could be better, but it's ultimately good to, there's two, I guess two things now that I know that these people want that I agree with. And one is large Marge, but it's kind of weird. It's horseshoe theory. She wants to get rid of the ATF. And I think getting rid of federal law enforcement is good. Like we do need less federal law enforcement, um, less, less cops essentially. And especially the ATF, dude, the ATF just blasts people. And then anyway, anyway, and now, and now getting like lowering defense spending, it's like, okay, yeah, do it. Wasn't it, I'm wondering if it was the money earmarked for Ukraine. I don't know that for sure, but I know these like far right people don't want to give money to Ukraine. That's right. I don't, I guess I, I'm not sure if, uh, I, I don't know how that money works out. Like, cause like I, I remember reading for an older episode we did, um, that Joe Biden was promising like a billion dollars and then the Pentagon was going to give $500 million to Ukraine for some weapons package. Um, so I don't know where that money comes from. Like the money that Joe Biden is promising is different than the money that the Pentagon gives, or maybe Joe Biden just authorized some and the Pentagon authorized more and it comes from the same place. Well, you see, Kevin, money isn't real. True. (laughs) But it is just weapons, right? They're not actually giving them money, money. They're giving them weapons. Yeah, like weapon. Was well, I think forty percent of it or something is supposed to go to like humanitarian and economic like recovery or whatever or oh. sustainability, and the rest is supposed to go to like defense. So I'm they're probably giving them straight cash for economic things, and then the other form of like weapons. Now we're now us Germany and France are giving them like tanks and armored vehicles. Oh, yeah. that's so nuts. I don't. I still don't under, like how are proxy war is not seen as like actual wars. Like we are at war with Russia. We just haven't declared it. That's like the only difference is we haven't formally declared it. Yeah. I mean, we were at war even before that. You could argue that shock therapy was warfare on Russia. Yeah. Economic warfare. For sure. Crazy. Um, But so on the topic of American imperialism, uh, today we want to talk about something that isn't <laughs> Sam's wearing a Mount Rushmore t-shirt right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> something that isn't really, um, talked about much, um, but is kind of, um, oh, sorry. So it's not talked about much, but it's something that is, uh, the, it's the largest execution in American history, and it uh, hits close. It, it takes place close to home for the Let's Explore This boys, uh, because it, my my family is actually from the area um, originally. I'm not, but my my father and his family they are, uh, and it's called the U.S. Dakota War. Sorry, okay. So it's called the U.S. Dakota War took place on December 26, 1862. And so just a little, so some background on this. Um, 
1862, following this conflict, the U.S. hung uh, and killed 38 uh, Sioux warriors um, in the largest mass execution in U.S. history. Uh, They hung them all simultaneously and um, uh, preceding the events, what happened was the Sioux um, were as part of a treaty with the United States were relegated to a reservation that stretched along the uh, Minnesota River uh, 10 miles on either side and it was kind of in the New Ulm area. So uh, south central Minnesota, southwest Minnesota. Yeah. And as part of this deal uh, for the Sioux to stay on that land, they would get um, annual payments from the U.S. government to help them grow and survive. And the U.S. at this time also was um, encouraging Native American tribes to take part in uh, agriculture instead of living off the land, hunting and gathering like they had done previously that and thrived on previously. So back in 1862, uh, obviously the civil war is going on. Um, and we, uh, or the Sioux, there was a big, like a drought food shortages, things like that happening in the area. And so the Sioux were like starving. They're sick and starving and the creditors or the, sorry, the traders would not extend credit to them because they did not think the United States would make good on their annual payments. And, uh, so basically just left the Sioux to starve. And, um, and so they attacked, uh, and took hostage, uh, a village of settlers. And I believe they ultimately killed, um, around 300 people. And so basically they, the tribe killed like 300 people, uh, and then they had a standoff with um, uh, the United States military. And so it took them a few days to get there because of the Civil War. I believe what happened was there's a fort in Fargo that marched down to the New Ulm area. Plus there was like 76 local settlers who kind of raised a militia. And it was, uh, I think, Colonel Henry Sibley. Uh, was kind of in charge of all these guys, and he negotiated a peace deal with the Sioux. And so the peace deal was supposed to be the Sioux released the hostages, who were mostly women and children because they they were basically targeting men and killed men. Uh, And then they were going to give over the aggressors, and everybody else was going to go back to the reservation, and that was supposed to be it. Well, Henry Sibley just went in and took everybody. And so they took everybody and obviously put them in jail, whatever, and held a military trial um, that uh, included, even though it was supposed to be an unbiased trial, it included mostly uh, people who partook in the fighting. And so uh, already a conflict of interest, people who had lost, you know, fellow soldiers in this fight um, were trying the people who killed their, their fellow soldiers which I, do you know much about military trials? I've never been in one, but I know you're basically judged by a bunch of officers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they wanted to execute 300 plus uh, Native Americans, 
But Abraham Lincoln came in and said, no, you can't kill that many people. And one thing that really struck me, so like Abraham Lincoln came in and was like, okay, you can't kill that many people. How about we just kill the people who were accused of raping somebody? And these accusations, uh, and, that, and that ended up only being two guys. And so Abraham Lincoln didn't think two was enough. And he uh, rose it to uh, the people who got accused of actually um, killing somebody. And so that was, that's where you got the 38. And um, so these 38 guys, two of which, one was a mixed race, native and white, uh, who was actually adopted by the Sioux and raised as one of their own. So, like, I don't know. I just think I want to highlight that just as the difference between the two because uh, some of the accusations were as simple as a child pointing at a Native American and saying, that guy killed my dad. Boom, guilty. Let's execute him. Some of the Native Americans got out of execution by um, being baptized there on the spot. So they just came in and tried to, that's crazy that that was still like a thing because that's like that's like something you hear about like in medieval battles or something you know we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna baptize you yeah yeah so yeah these guys these people accepted christ into their heart or whatever so there's uh, like a lot of tomfoolery going around um and just people acting and they took advantage of the situation um and so like i said the guy who executed these 38 men um, he actually t- partook in the fighting, so he shouldn't have really been there. Um, and then they buried their bodies in a mass, shallow mass grave along the Minnesota River. And that night, a bunch of doctors from universities around there took the, took all those bodies as cadavers to do testing on them and stuff. So, like, all these remains of their people were just stolen from them. Um and, I didn't know the last part. Yeah, pretty f- fucked up. Um, and so, yeah, they took them all. Um, two of the leaders uh, did escape and flee to Canada. They were caught a few, uh, like a year later. They were also executed. And that's why uh, currently today there is a march, um, I believe, from the place where the battle took, where it took place to the place where they were executed. And there's like mm-hmm. a monument there and everything. And it's called like the 38 plus two. And so the plus two is those guys who fled to Canada. Um, and so that was yeah, supposed it's a bike ride, wasn't it? They ride horses. Okay. I don't know if like there's a, the natives ride horses. I don't know if there's like a different thing for everybody where they ride bikes. Um, and so, yeah, it's a large part of, of Minnesota history. Um, and I do think like Minnesota is kind of like an unassuming state, I guess. Like people don't really know much about it, but some really crazy shit happened there. And uh, and so like the the uh, the governor at the time was uh, oh dude, I just want to call him Dave Ramsey, but I know that's not who it is. Um, oh, something Ramsey, Alexander Ramsey. So yeah. like. One thing I want to point out when it comes to like, uh, or I guess I'll, I'll finish the story on, on the Sioux because that isn't where it ended. Basically, the Sioux were then, you know, it was supposed to be done with. Sioux were supposed to go back to normal, but the, the state of Minnesota rounded them all up. Uh, it was about two to 3,000 people on the reservation, put them uh, at, were their political prisoners in um, 
uh, Fort Snelling, which is in St. Paul, and marched into the Dakota Territory. And so I think there's a place called like Black Crow or Black Creek or something out there. And that's where they pushed all the natives. Um, And that's, you know, so like, I believe the Sioux tribe actually was originally from like Wisconsin uh, all the way over to the Dakota Territory or just like, it was like Wisconsin, Minnesota. And they, and that's why like the Dakotas are called the Dakota is they moved them out there. Um, So that's not really even their like, like ancestral land or whatever. Could be wrong about that, but that's kind of what I gathered Um, because another tribe that got caught up in all this was the Ho-Chunk tribe. And so the Ho-Chunk back then were known as the Winnebago. And I want to point out that Winnebago is an English mispronunciation of a French word that means people from the smelly land. So it's a pejorative. So Ho-Chunk is the correct terminology. Uh, and so they actually were kicked out of Wisconsin and they lived in an area of land just south of where all this fighting took place. And so the settlers, and apparently in the book I read, it was uh, the, the author said that they lived on very, like some of the most fertile farmland in the region. And so the settlers used this event to persecute the Ho-Chunk and push them even further west into South Dakota and Omaha, Nebraska. And a lot of them actually did stay in Omaha, but they thankfully were actually were given the opportunity to um, come back to Wisconsin and claim land. Like, like uh, a lot of the settlers who moved out west were able to just go out there and claim up to 80 acres. Can't recall what the actual program was called. But they were able to do that in Wisconsin. And so Southeast Wisconsin is actually Ho-Chunk territory um, and now is owned by Ho-Chunk. Um, a lot of it owned by Ho-Chunk and they're, you know, they have successful games and resorts, you know, casinos and such mm-hmm. there. Yep. So they're making money. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, I guess, aftermath of this whole thing, you know, I, I what really brought it up was... Uh, the anniversary just passed uh, at the end of the year and I saw Tim Walls and the Lieutenant Governor had gone down there to pay respect and, and things like that. Um, but like, uh, I don't know, Minnesota, like I think, I believe St. Paul is in Ramsey County. And I so, so, yep. so like there are these like traces of these, like we're still honoring these disgusting people. I mean, Henry Sibley was the first governor of Minnesota, and he's got counties named after him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, I, I, the the leader of the tribe, his name was Mankato, uh, which means Blue Earth. And so at least that area, I mean, it's called Mankato, and it's next to Blue Earth County. And and they do have the memorials and such, so they do. Pay, we I guess Minnesotans do pay respects to the natives, um, but I mean we also pay respect to just disgusting people. You know, I mean it's hard when it comes to this kind of conflict because, um, I mean I I believe it. Although I ultimately believe most like you're responsible for your own actions, they were put in the sit- position to like it was a it's like a pressure cooker you know it's like you shoved all these people you made them into a small area made them 
uh, follow your customs and, and culture by with agriculture and then and then working uh, in your economic system by you know having to rely on these traders like basically making them rely upon the white economy the settler economy and then you just don't honor any of your treaties or you know ensure their survival like what do you think is going to happen yeah the u.s government let's i mean call it what it was they were committing genocide on, on native american people mm-hmm. they wanted to erase their existence of all their culture language and identity of any sort mm-hmm. if they didn't want to eradicate the entire race of people they were doing a genocide mm-hmm. against native american people i mean who wouldn't fight fight back against that yeah exactly and so and then the way they resolved it as well like if you do want to take the stance that like okay you know the u.s had to respond in some way um they didn't respond appropriately you know they they made uh further negotiations they made deals in bad faith and didn't uh act responsibly like with the trials which they always did they always made bad treaties with the native americans oh yeah yeah so it's just i don't know i got really sad when i was researching this like i don't know there's just so much blood uh, native blood on the hands of 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 everybody in that area yeah i mean the entire like manifest destiny like i was joking to a couple couple episodes ago about like how you know we had the high school history teacher who said manifest destiny with a little bit of pride in his voice or whatever you know mm-hmm. but it it, it it like it goes into like even our education like we're from minnesota and i don't even remember them even talking about this when we were in school mm-hmm. you know like there's so much you know in minnesota history that is is bad and we just don't talk about it mm-hmm or even learn about it. Yeah. I I I feel like I learned about it a little bit in like ninth grade history class or something, but I'd say the most egregious Minnesota history thing that I learned about while in high school was the there was like three lynchings in Duluth of black men. And that I that I learned about that. Um but yeah, I mean Native Americans are like they're invisible and and I I think genocide is still alive and well in the United States um, against Native Americans because, um, like, Native American women per capita go missing the most. Mm -hmm. But, like, and and not to say it's not a horrible thing, but, like, that whole, like, Brian Laundrie thing or whatever, that guy who, like, kidnapped and killed his girlfriend, that's all over Mm -hmm. the national news. I remember... I think when I was back in college, there was a woman in Iowa who got um, abducted and murdered by, like, an immigrant. And so that was all over the place. But it's like all these Native women are just going missing and no one's saying a word. You have... Sorry. I was just saying, there's, like, widespread, like, poverty in a lot of these communities. Mm -hmm. Like, no access to even electricity in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially, like, the further west you go. Like, when you get into, like, Wyoming and Montana and stuff, it's, like, third world country type of environments. And, I mean, you have, as well, you have, like, like the Keystone Pipeline. 
I mean, if people mm-hmm. didn't protest against that, I mean, you're just plowing through native land with our oil. Um, Hawaii, there's that whole thing where like the Navy, um, I mean, Hawaii itself is just taken over. Like <laughs> that's another native American horror story. Um, and like they're poisoning their groundwater by not storing fuel correctly. The U S government, um, and then I had uh, 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 also like primarily conservatives. Um, you think of this argument about CRT and how I, I, I do think primarily CR- when people say CRT, they do think of, of black Americans. But I mean, that also does include Native Americans. And, and just like the founding of our country gets completely whitewashed. Um by people like the Koch brothers. I mean, the Koch brothers, the Koch brothers, uh, like fund school board elections and shit so that they can get textbooks from publishing companies they own put into schools. And this whole huge conservative push to get rid of public schooling altogether and create charter schools and private schools. That is another way they're just trying to culturally genocide native americans in our country um Mm -hmm. just completely whitewash history and and get rid of all that stuff and that's not how history works like we don't learn from history if we make it up yeah the goal is to you know completely forget about it yeah you know completely make sure the like to make make like this like i said this culture and language doesn't exist anymore kind of thing i mean that's the ultimate goal with these people Hmm. yeah they just want you to become a good little worker like oh hey feel good you're supposed to be here um great companies great companies great men like henry ford is what make america great you should go work in a in a factory for one of those guys and then go home and and order doordash and uber eats so that some other you know independent contractor can make uh, barely a livable wage if not even a livable wage <laughs> yeah erasing the history of the uh, actual history of the united states is another way to create the corporate image the the beautiful advertisement that is america for sure and that means we can't talk about you know anything from slavery to the genocide of native americans it didn't happen yeah basically <laughs> yeah is what they're they're trying to spin. Basically, it's like, well, it's it, it's less so. It's like maybe it's just okay. It happened, but you got to get over it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not real realizing that these things carry on for generations. Repercussions from this carry on for generations and generations. Yeah, and, and they don't want to highlight the horrors of this stuff. And and then they, I don't know. I I think one of their defense tactics too is, uh, which I've seen actually out in the wild, is basically using the children as like claiming that we're that liberals are using the children as punching bags by teaching things like this. Oh, you can't teach. It's like, it's kind of crazy. Cause on the, like the, the, uh, the side of the political spectrum that will tell you that you need to physically abuse your child will also tell you, you can't teach your child about slavery or native American genocide because being white is fine. Like they feel guilty about being white. You can't hurt their little white feelings. You can fucking beat the shit out of them, but you can't hurt their little white feelings. Like it's stupid. I was just going to make the same comparison 
they're not you can be tough you got to be tough on your kids but not mentally tough <laughs> yeah they just want to be dumbasses they want them they want you to be a complete dumbass that just takes orders yes that's their Boat goal lick that is their goal uh it's, and then just get, get that's a generational thing too i mean their parents did it to them and the parents did it to them and their parents did it to them. You yeah. Know? It's the Protestant. It gets passed down through the generations. It's the Protestant work ethic. Labor yes. for the sake of laboring. And the Lord will rejoice in your labor. <laughs> yeah. Our tech lords. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's stupid. And, 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 I, and I think a lot of, I mean, just in general, I do think a lot of Native American history is just kind of like brushed past, like ex- including like just including everybody in the United States, not not just conservatives. I mean, they, they have issues all the time, like in every single state. There's still like legal battles happening. When I was in when I was living in in the Northeast in Erie, um, there's actually um, I can't remember the tribe, the Seneca tribe. Um, they uh, protested I-90 because it was a toll road and the state was taking all that money and they were not giving any of the toll fees for this road that you had to pay for that went through native land. Uh, they weren't giving any of that toll money to the natives. And so I think it was back in the late 80s, they protested by going to every exit on the highway that ran through their land and they just started big tire fires, which I think is pretty badass. And so the state, in response, stopped maintaining that stretch of road. And so you'd go from like 70 miles an hour up to Buffalo, uh, and it would switch to 55 because the road was in such disrepair. Um, and then they, but but as I was leaving, so basically around 2018 or 2019, I think, that summer, they had come to some sort of agreement and then actually did start repairing the road. Um, I think they like allowed them to not have to pay taxes on some sort of like on like gambling revenues or something like that. Usually all that they do know. (laughs) Yeah. But with negotiations, it just usually, it's just a slog for them. Like it's, it's insane. And even, I don't know. I, the natives will just never, never be free in this United States. And it's, I don't know. It's a disappointment. They've been treated like shit. The protest against like the pipelines and everything, you had freaking a, a like a military crackdown basically. Oh yeah, on those protests, you know, pepper sprayed them, hoses, the dogs, the whole whole thing, just so you can have a pipeline running. You know um, what Minnesota congressman voted to approve the Keystone XL pipeline? Jim Hagedorn, Tax and Timmy. Jackson Timmy did. Yep, when he was in Congress, he, he voted for it. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you should have gone. You should have gone to uh, the thirty-eight plus two and heckled him. <laughs> that definitely no. would have been appropriate, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Tim Walz is going to run for president. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I think he's got a good shot. I think. I guess I, I okay, let, let me finish up that segment by saying um that I was definitely paraphrasing quite a bit 
um, to give everybody the gist of what went down. I highly recommend looking into it yourself uh, and learning who these people are and what happened. Um, but I would add to that, learn about your uh, local history that, you know, I don't even know about my own local history. Yeah, I've been looking into the the Duwamish tribe is out here. Um, I've been trying to learn more about them, but a lot of their stuff was like still closed for like COVID and stuff. So I got learning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do. But yeah, I think uh, the next president needs to come from the Midwest. For sure. Whether it's Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg, they need to come from the Midwest. <laughs> you got trains and staplers. Um, no, I think Tim Wall should give it a shot, and so should uh, J.B. Pritzker. Yeah. not And not because okay. of his Pritzker con uh, stands. He's just a... He's large and in charge. We need yeah. that. So is Tim Wall's. He is large and in charge, and he, he can he can actually speak well. He can articulate sentences. He's not some fucking brain dead goober. Yeah, who I don't know how is in Congress right now because they can't hold a fucking sentence together. Yeah, no, I mean, he, I think he. I mean, even though Tim Walls voted for the Keystone Pipeline, um, you know, obviously not everyone's record is perfect, um, but he, I don't know. He just seemed like a decent person and on paper, I think you could get very moderate. Like if we're, if we're talking, if we're talking purple state Dems. He's a teacher, a uh, military guy, congressman. He's, he's got a cat, cat named Afton. <laughs> Vote for walls. President. He's got a cat named Afton. Tim. <laughs> This podcast has gone from communist on episode one to episode 85, 86, becoming neo-lib, so it's a transition. <laughs> no, we're, we're simply analyzing what would be the most likely outcome in the current system. I, I think of realistic things, and Tim Walls would be a good candidate moving the ball further to the left. I think so, yeah. He probably so legalized enough weed. of the you can get enough of the purple Republicans to probably vote for the guy. Yeah, the few of the few of them that exist. I think the biggest uh, the biggest challenge he would face uh, is on a national scale would probably be George Floyd. Oh yeah, like gov- the, the the Republicans would hit him hard with that and say like unlawful, crazy state, but. I mean, I, I just saw an, a report that said that had like violent crime went down from because, you know, there's like, oh, huge crime spree in Minneapolis after that, like violent crime has gone down since then. And it's like, I think it was either at or below 2019 levels. So, like, I, I think he could easily deflect on that stuff. Um, yeah. And then I saw him or I, re- I listened to him debate that psychopath that he ran against for governor who was just Scott saying, Jensen. Yeah. Who was just like, he's going to make your kids get COVID shots. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that was actually kind of insane. It was when I was listening to that debate, Tim Wall's actually like shocked. Cause like, I don't really pay attention to like what's, I mean, I do pay attention to what's going on in the state, but I never listened to like the governor's speech or weekly address or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like 
I don't really hear the governor's voice too often, but then like when I heard the during the debate, I was just like, this guy, like, like I was saying earlier, is so well spoken. He sounds articulate. I don't even remember what that's like here because all I hear is like Donald Trump, Matt Gates, or like Bobo, Lo- Lauren Bobert or something. Mm-hmm. Like I get like all those people are the ones that you hear all the time now. So like it's almost like ingrained in my head now that if I hear a politician speak, they're fucking dumb as shit. <laughs> And so it was nice during that debate because Scott Jensen was, he's a doctor, but he was talking like an average Republican does with just nonsense. It was like, God, this guy is stupid. And then Tim Walls just sounded smart. Yeah. It was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And he cares about, I don't know, any governor that cares about education is priority number one for me. Yeah. Cause that, me I, as well. I remember when I was in college, um, the last governor had came came to speak, whatever his name was, that sex pervert who married someone who was like four years younger than him, Mark uh, Dayton. Mark Dayton, and he—that's where I learned from his spiel—is like back in the the sixties, Minnesota was like middle of the road when it came to state rankings. You know, ranked like thirtieth or whatever across like cost of living, education, health, all that stuff, and now Minnesota's like in the top five all the time and he credits it to uh the government back in the 60s funding a lot more education and that was really big for for jesse as well that was one of the things i liked about jesse is he picked a teacher to be his lieutenant governor and he brought broad broadband into schools and uh and so yeah and, and i think tim walls wants to use the whole surplus to pay for schools and i, mm-hmm. I and i know this is anecdotal but like I tell people in my job, because, like, I work with a lot of conservatives, and so they're like, they don't teach kids to write in school, blah, blah, blah. No one knows how to do anything. No one can read a tape measure. And it's like, that's so weird because I could take industrial tech, like, hydraulics classes, egg egg mechanics, engines classes, auto maintenance, woodworking, welding, machining. Like, I did all that. Residential electricity. Like, I could do all that in high school in a small town. And it's because of minnesota placing an importance on education they just say what fox news tells them to that's true (laughs) but a lot i mean they tell me like they they, they're blown away by that offering again it's anecdotal but it's happened to me more than once like they're blown away that that we we were able to take advantage of that much which is very surprising to me them's the (laughs) breaks it's because of our germanic roots <laughs> the Germans know you're just a dumb fucking idiot, so put a wrench in his hand. <laughs> put a wrench in his hand. Just kidding. And make sure that you have to be smart sure to do he's those got things. A schedule. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think having those types of programs saved a lot of kids from having to just completely drop out of high school. Yeah, like shop teachers are. I think they're angels for 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 the most part. Yeah, especially in them rural towns where there's no economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids drop out of school and all that stuff. So, yeah. Hook them up with a job at the auto shop in town. Stuff like mm-hmm. they just know people. They help these guys out. And, like, these are people who would be relegated to the streets, essentially. And now they have a fighting chance. You know, it's so weird. It's just like that... That 
that community aspect that sometimes it seems like conservatives hate, they love at the same time, you yeah. know, because like I think of like in the small towns where like you know they have like a troublesome family, everyone knows like the Boone brothers or whatever are all causing fucking problems. <laughs> they're drunks, they get in fights all the time. Yeah. But it's just like ah, they're they're troublemakers. They're that soul. Or at the other time, it's just like he's had a hard life or whatever. They like, they understand. Like they have how many country songs talking about like the drunken fool or whatever. He's sad. Mm-hmm. So, like he's had a hard life. Flip that around to a different community, you know, with with addiction problems or like you know problems at home and everything. And you know, you got full blown racism towards them. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh... It's the same story. I, I mean, I do think a lot of those people, although I do think like, obviously like xenophobia and racism and um, like homophobia and stuff exists in those communities. I don't think it's at a greater percentage than it does in every community. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what, um, like even, cause I, I like, if, if I think about, I, I've actually been seeing a lot of like black TikTok creators talk about racism in Seattle and like the people who have black lives matter flags and stuff in their windows of their coffee shop will be the first person to call the cops on a black person, you know, Mm -hmm. that type of shit. It's a lot of performative nonsense. And I've, I've long said that, like I've always thought, well, I, I haven't always, I thought once I saw, um, how the aftermath of the uh, George Floyd murder, um, how corporate it became. I then knew that, and this is just my opinion. I thought that at that time BLM became a way for corporations to make money. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think a lot of like people's, um, I don't know how to, how do I say it? Like, a lot of the acceptance or the inclusivity of liberal spaces is simply performative and they're only inclusive of people who have money. So like they're like, I mean, and and I think that's witnessed by how uh, homelessness is demonized around here. Like people just hate homeless people. Like they say the mm-hmm. grossest, most disgusting shit about homeless people. And, um, and just like, I mean, I, I, I mean, minority wages are still lagging and it's like, who are the top earners? Like who are the largest companies in this country? It's traditionally liberal companies like Apple, Facebook, you know, people who promote that, uh, inclusivity, you know, they change their, the, the big joke about corporations changing to a pride logo during in June and then instantly going back. Like that's all it is. It's all performative. And I think a lot of the people who live here are basically just appendages of a, a corporate entity. Yeah. I think part of it is, yeah, it's, it's like virtue signaling, but the person who like, Say you're the person who changes your profile picture to whatever, and then you're buying from the company that, that does the same thing. That makes you feel good. Like I'm contributing to a company that says they care mm-hmm. about the community or whatever. So there you go. I'm free of whatever my you know sup- what my contribution should be, and I've given that responsibility over to the corporations who says they're going to do it now. Yeah, 
Exactly. I mean, it's just like donating to St. Jude's Hospital when you're at Panda Express. You know, it's just they want you because because everyone now knows that capitalism is destroying the world. They want you to think that capitalism can fix it. And that's Mm -hmm. why they market inclusivity and charity is so that they, they, and, and even, uh, I, I also think the green movement is largely just a commercial to get you to buy different products because like EVs aren't going to save the world. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it's gotten so ingrained like this moral capitalism or this moral consumption has kind of taken root in liberal communities. And that's all it is. It's, it's a, it's moral consumption. It's not actually, it's not action. It's not, it's not real. It's not going to affect real change. It's the dopamine drip. <laughs> yes. Like, Ooh, Ooh, thank you, daddy. Elon. I, you let me buy one of your boutique shitty cars. I'm saving the planet. Yeah. I burn coal to power my car instead of gas. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it is. You know, another thing I've noticed, excuse me while I die. Um, another thing I've noticed is that more and more companies are starting to subsidize or they're expanding tipping to like, so first of all, I'll just say that I think anywhere that has any kind of employment should be um, providing a living wage. Yes. Period. Full stop. But now businesses are now offering like a tip option at places that never used to because they're mm-hmm. trying to pass the wage responsibility on to consumers now. Yeah. And it's going to, that it's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. Like, I'm pretty sure as like my job, I'm going to like clock in the work or do something. And, you know, based on how many tips the customers got, you know, I never see the customers, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be like commission based every day or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Cause you're, how much, how much does it send to tip you? I could see, I could definitely see a world where, um, cause you, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, e-commerce with your job is, is right for the most part. Yeah. So yep. I could definitely see a world where like, like Amazon, for example, they give you the option to tip the delivery driver. Like, Hey, they add, are. An, add an extra 10% and we'll split that between the order picker and the driver. Yeah, dude, that's probably what's going to happen. And then, the, and then they don't, I mean, I, I know they were like, they raised their wages, you know, back like four or five years ago to like average like 15 an hour or something. Um, but I haven't really heard them doing shit since like a, around here, they give 19 bucks an hour, but that's not enough to live here. Right. And yeah, I could, I could totally see that dude. And then, then you like, uh, they're guilted towards it too. So they have to give that extra tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you pay more for your same product as well. At the same time, they're passing inflation onto you and they're passing wage increases onto you while making genius while making billions. Like, oh, dude, I remember I saw an article uh, where target was like crying that they lost $400 million due to retail theft. Um, like last year or something. And they're like, we might have to raise prices because of it. And I looked up their profits <laughs> and they're in like the billions. It's like, dude, fuck off. <laughs> dude, 
I, I got the idea right here. Okay, so instead of tip jars, we have like virtual tip jars or whatever you put on each like uh, each counter. Mm-hmm. You start a tip credit line. <laughs> so that way, wherever you go, you know, they have the virtual like tip jar. You're like, bleep, leave your tip. And then you just collect a little bit of interest in each tip. Affirm payments for tipping. Hell yeah, dude. Pay pay this ten dollar tip over six months. Six easy payments of five dollars. And who doesn't tip? Like you just switch everyone over to that like that system. You can be the new Visa or Mastercard. Yeah, yeah for like part of the promise for every um, place of business that implements this is we'll give you one employee who will judgmentally stare at people who aren't tipping. And it's perfect. Like then your your customer can rack up as many tips because they don't have to pay it all at one time. Mm-hmm. So they can feel pretty generous. Exactly. Dude, could you imagine late night tips? Drunk as fuck. Hey fuck dude, yeah. I like the cut of your jib. Finance a one thousand dollar tip. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you just give them like a three hundred dollar tip. You wake up the next morning, you're like, uh oh. That's a three hundred dollar tip. Oh, whatever. I'll just pay the ten bucks now. Your tips go to collections. <laughs> I had to drop out of school because I tipped too hard every time I got drunk. <laughs> That's what's next, bro. You got to get on that. Hell yeah, man. I'll try to get the Zuck. Next time he's in town, I'll try to get try to grab his ear. And then, and then for your pitch, all you got to say is like, guys, who doesn't fucking tip? Exactly. Who doesn't like feeling generous? And what if we gamified being generous? It's like literally just call them good boy points. <laughs> you tipped at 95% of the places you shopped at this month. Here's 10 yeah, good boy points. And you can redeem them for like travel or, mm-hmm. you know, like a regular credit card. Next tip is on us. Interest, interest-free tipping for three months. <laughs> god that's that's a class that's a great idea man you, thanks every gofundme will be 100 percent funded <laughs> honestly i if that kind of shit ha- oh i do want to say i i actually i want to bring up too that we're talking about like debt and wealth accumulation um i read an article about some trial drugs they're going to human trials right now that showed to de-age cells so like these mice that they gave them to ended up becoming like more robust and uh and now it's going on to human trials so we could probably in our lifetime have drugs that de-age us and then i think i sent that headline to the group chat that said like experts fear that billionaires are going to become immortal and, and and so like the guy I saw some guy posted on Twitter the article about the drugs that I read and I'm just like get ready to work for Jeff Bezos for 150 years cuz that's all that will happen like in this weird dystopian society where like like that'll probably be a form of payment like hey you work here we'll give you two de-aging pills a month or something like it's going to be disgusting like there has to be, if if nobody ages we would have to make childbirth basically illegal and we would have to live in a communist society there's no other way to do it otherwise we're just going to be slaves for eternity 
Either be a slave or die. And I guess that's kind of how it is today. <laughs> be a slave and die or just die. That's that's what it is in, in, in the United States in the current capital. You'll just world. die, but you won't be old. Your organs would have to give out eventually. Is well, it just your skin that's de-aging? Well, that's the point. So, like, my very dumb guy got a D in biology brain. Uh, how I understood it was, like, basically your DNA replicates itself and makes mistakes. Because you know how, like, you your cells all replicate every seven years or whatever? Yep. So basically the aging process is your DNA making mistakes as it's replicating. And that's why you die. And so essentially it just will replicate it perfectly. So if you can replicate all your cells perfectly, you could live forever. That's what kills you. And that's what Elon Musk is trying to do. Yeah. All the rich people are. And so... I. I I mean, and, and, you know, we joke about like the content cubes and such, but it's like we could live in a matrix society where you're just plugged in to this chamber that's just feeding you these drugs your entire life and your consciousness is on the metaverse. And that way you could, that that's how like private entities could have population control and make you work forever. Well, on a constant heroin, uh, synthetic heroin. Basically, yeah. that's just that's what the metaverse would be. Uh huh. It would be that gamified life that you were talking about. Yeah, we're finally there. We're getting there, dude. And so it's like we're, and and it's crazy that like the the utility of control in this scenario is the fear of death. And so the only way that we could beat it is to rid humanity of the fear of death. And the only way we did that before was religion. And now people aren't religious anymore. So, so how do we do it without religion? Artificial intelligence. How do you make people not fear death? That's impossible. You Dude. raise death itself then. But that's what I'm saying. That's what they're yeah, using as utility to control us is our fear of death. And so it's kind of like a nonviolent way to control us that a lot of people will get behind. I don't want to live forever. Are, are you going to plug into the content cube? No. What if your What if your family does? It's only so. It's only going to be pe- like inside the metaverse is going to be like this peaceful utopia. And if you don't plug in, it's just going to be a hellscape, and life's going to suck. Exactly, and you're going to die. So it, it, if we get to a point where they could promise you immortality as long as you just participate in their community. It's almost a cult. It's a cult, essentially. Capitalist cult. You get to live forever. You get to live forever. Your 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 mom gets to live forever. Your your spouse gets to live forever. Your children get to live forever. Like, you'll have a fucking pet that's always alive. They'll get rid Finally of Finally heaven. Yeah, heaven on earth. But, it, but it's scary because you're also going to have to work. Like, they're not going to give it to you for free. You're making a deal with the devil is essentially what's happening here. I don't know, dude. It's kind of went eternal off the rails labor, a little bit. Eternal labor. <laughs> this went off the rails hard. But yeah, it's it's creepy, dude. I that's that that scares me. That literally it really does. Just working forever. Because if everyone can accumulate wealth forever, you're just going to have to keep getting richer and richer and there's no way to do that when the people ahead of you are already multi-hundred billionaires. I got it. Just like health insurance, you can only get de-aging medicine if you're employed. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. 
it's going to be part of your health insurance, like, like an annual physical, you know, you get a free annual physical with your health insurance. And, and that's how these pills are probably going to work out or they're just going to be so expensive. No one can get their hands on them. Except, except rich people. Companies. But anyway, we can leave it there. Future's looking up. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to follow us on Twitter and talk to our dear friend, Adam, uh, it's at explore underscore pod. Always on there talking about uh, clarified butter and water tea for morning breakfast. Um, no, that's just a joke. Um, make sure you tag your diets, but yeah, tag your diets. You can actually go on there right now. Adam is wondering what your top three taco meats are. So, uh, very important questions being asked by the pod. Uh, I got on there. I said, chorizo, lengua and asada. What are yours? I, I agree exactly what you said. I was nodding each one. Yep. I like some carne asada tacos. Yeah, I can't eat chorizo anymore. It makes me sick, unfortunately, even though it's like the best. I usually just go for asada now. It's easy on the (laughs) tum-tum. As you age, that's very important. Yep, give me those pills. Dude, that's (laughs) how they're going to get me. I'm not afraid of dying, but I am afraid of not being able to eat chorizo tacos anymore. (laughs) (laughs) De-age me, please. (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.